It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, and we are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe to the show here on YouTube if you're watching it on YouTube. If you're not, make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also, follow us on Spotify and all the places where you like to listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. And be sure every single Friday, like today, to follow me right there on Twitter, at Julian Council, because every single Friday throughout the season, the offseason, whenever I'm answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions, well, unless there's a holiday, which there's no holiday this Friday, so I'm going to answer the questions here on today's show. So make sure to go again to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where you can either at me or DM me at Julian Council for your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked on Panthers. And without further ado, Let's not waste any time and answer some of those questions starting off this week with Luke, who has some questions about the Carolina Panthers front office. He says, hi, Julian. Hope you're doing well, mate. First off, just wanted to say massive fan of the show. Your podcast get me through a lot of tedious night shifts over here in England. Question for the weekly Friday mailbag. I'm convinced Sam Darnold will start next season and will draft an offensive lineman in the draft. If the front office gets the draft and free agency spot on, how many games can we realistically win this with this quarterback? And can can and I can't say more than seven purely because he isn't very good. And we saw even when he started three and zero and Darnold played well, he was still quite average. Love to love to get your thoughts. Keep up the great work. Keep pounding. Okay, so how many games can the Carolina Panthers realistically win with Sam Darnold if they get free agency? And the draft spot on, meaning they find a left tackle. They find two other capable starters on the offensive line to pair with Taylor Moten and with ooh, Brady Christensen. Name almost escaped me there. And also they're able to, at least some way, Christian McCaffrey stays healthy. You find a receivers who emerge next to DJ Moore. You get the holes fixed there on the defense that are there. How many games can they win with Sam Darnold? I honestly don't think that they can win more than seven like Luke, or even eight games with Sam Darnold, because I just don't think he's good. And I was my concern going the last season. Like, even if he is in a better situation than he was in New York, which you can question whether he truly was last season, I don't think he's capable of getting the team to the playoffs. And I thought they'd be eight and nine last year. So I really don't think they're going to win more than eight games if Sam Darnold's here next season. And that, honestly, knowing how things have played out in the NFL, at least with the NFC South right now, where the Saints don't have a quarterback, Tampa might be leaning on playing Gabbert, and Atlanta has... Matt Ryan, and I don't know how much years left Matt Ryan has, that might be enough for the Carolina Panthers to get to the playoffs this season. But does that inspire a ton of hope for the future? Uh, I don't really think so. So we'll see. But I'm kind of right there with you, Luke. About seven or eight games, realistically, is how I think uh, many games Panthers can win with Sam Darnold at quarterback. Uh, Let's move on to William, who says, hello again, JC. With our current cap situation, do you think it's a realistic possibility that we could sign guys like Teron Armstead from New Orleans 
and Ryan Jensen, the center from Tampa Bay Buccaneers, while also being able to retain guys like Hassan Reddick and or Stephon Gilmore. If this was to happen pre-draft, I feel like fans and myself be more open to the idea of drafting a quarterback at six or trading down for one. I'm not in love with any of the quarterbacks. However, we might we won't find a franchise quarterback bring, by bringing in other teams' rejects. Keep up the great podcast and keep keep pounding. Excuse me, keep pounding to you too, William. Um, yeah. Well, we know already that Scott Fitter is going to have to be creative when it comes to the salary cap, and the cap is a myth. And there's teams like the Saints who have proven that time and time again as they're wildly over the cap, and they're able to restructure a couple guys, maybe release a couple players, and then they're able to re-sign some of the guys. Will Teron Armstead be one of the salary cap casualties this year for New Orleans as he's a free agent, and he might not be able to fit in after they gave Ryan Ramchick a massive deal at right tackle last season? We will see. Um, I guess it's possible, but Armstead, as we talked about a couple days ago, his market value, according to Spotrack, Spotrack, however the hell you pronounce it, is about $23 million per year. Can the Panthers afford to pay their left tackle $23 million per year when they're already paying Taylor Moten, what, around $18 million per season? That's kind of the same question down in New Orleans. They have, they're not over the cap like New Orleans, so it's going to be a little bit easier maybe for Carolina to fix, their, fix him or fix or not fix, but um, fit him in. I don't know. And then with Ryan Jensen, same kind of thing. Like, it's just really tough to be able to pay all these guys and then retain high price free agent like Reddick, who's going to want to get the bag. Gilmore might make a little bit more sense because I don't think his contract can be that much just based off of his age and the injuries that he sustained over the last two seasons when playing in New England here in Carolina. But Reddick, I don't think it's possible to bring Reddick here and also add in players like Armstead is going to command that kind of salary. And then I don't know what Ryan Jensen and what he's going to be wanting. But yeah, it's going to be tough. And, you know, we'll have to see how frequency plays out in terms of what they're going to do in the draft. Uh, I right now, I'm not really a fan of any of the quarterbacks. I don't think I'm going to change that opinion. I just personally think they're kind of screwed at quarterback heading into this offseason, which is not great. I don't think any of the top options are going to want to come here. And the mid-tier guys, what's the point? When you get a rookie, okay, maybe in the future they'll work out. I just don't think that this class is all that great as you bring up there, William. So... We'll see how things play out here moving forward with the Carolina Panthers. Moving on to Tony, who has a question also about the front office and specifically about Scott Fitter saying that he hasn't been super critical of Scott Fitter, but he's been in the room and facilitated a lot of the bad decisions that we put on Matt Rule. How can we trust a GM that's making calls about one of the most expensive mediocre quarterbacks in the league, meaning Kirk Cousins, the report that came out on Monday from Judd Zolgad, I believe, of Score North in Minnesota. Uh, well, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, he also goes on to say, who is the voice of reason in the organization? Being on an every deal means you're trading future assets for a bright present that doesn't exist. We're not the Rams. Okay, that's true. I appreciate the Rams' approach of just going out and finding actual known commodities. That's my preferred way to go about team building. I know the draft is important, but the Rams have proven like, hey, well, they drafted well, got to the situation where, hey, we've got enough players like Aaron Donald, who we can win with. You know, we can go trade for Jalen Ramsey, who wants to be here. We can go get Vaughn Miller. We can get that quarterback, and we will be A-OK. And we can win a Super Bowl, which they did. The Panthers are in a situation where they can really even try and bring marquee guys like Vaughn Miller over here and also be able to attract players like Jalen Ramsey who are in bad situations and want to come here to hopefully get over the top one in the Super Bowl. And the same thing with Matthew Stafford, as we saw last year. They weren't in position to bring in a Matthew Stafford because he was concerned about whether he would win. And all he wanted to do was play important games the rest of his career, which he got to do his postseason. And good for him. Things have worked out so far in L.A. And we'll see. I mean, they, things have worked in L.A. <laughs> not so far. They've worked in L.A. So we'll see how things go 
uh, towards the end of things. But um, with Fitterer, yeah, he's only been here for, what, a year now? I get it. He's a GM. They decided that they're going to bring in Darnold. I'm still going to place that more in Matt Rule and also really at the feet of David Tepper, who forced a quarterback decision. They had a deal for Stafford. That deal was done by Scott Fitterer. Stafford said no. They couldn't get Watson because of what was going on, and their evaluations led them to thinking that Sam Darnold would be a better option for them than taking one of those quarterbacks at eight, which would have been Fields or Mac Jones, because they, on top of getting Sam Darnold, who's a young quarterback, and still has a small salary comparative to what they, I mean, I guess, what a normal starting quarterback in the National Football League would be getting. Two years, $22 million. I know 18.858 this year is not what we want to see, and it's going to hurt them in terms of who they're able to bring back, and it's also going to limit them and handcuff them in terms of the other trades they might want to make if they wanted to bring in a quarterback like a Kirk Cousins. But still, I'm not going to place a lot of the blame here on Scott Fitter. He was masterful in the draft and how he maneuvered that to get 11 picks for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I think he's always been aggressive, and he's always going to take the phone call. He's not going to sit here and not answer the calls. I think if there was anything that happened on Monday, if they did, in fact, call Minnesota about Kirk Cousins, it was just him doing his due diligence and saying, hey, like, what is the price here on Cousins if you guys want to move him? Like, what can we work out here? More so than like, I think they're actively pursuing Kirk Cousins. I, I don't know. The voice of reason, in my opinion, has to be a Scott Fitter in that room. He can't be David Tepper. He he preaches patience, but yet he can't practice it. Matt Rule should not have any sort of roster control at all. Just coach the team. It's Scott Fitter, the one who's actually been in the NFL for over 20 years and has the scouting expertise and has the experience, unlike Rule and unlike Tepper. That's the voice of reason. Now, does he win? out in these discussions and the conversations. That's a question that I think a lot of people are probably going to ask. And that's something and an answer I'd love to get here shortly. So we'll see how things play out here over the next couple of months as uh, the Carolina Panthers try to figure things out here. And what is a crucial off season for Matt rule and really all involved outside of, I guess, Scott Fitter, who, yeah, he wants to win, wants to get established here in Carolina. I just don't think any of the blame should be placed at his feet right now. Okay, let's take a quick pause here on Locked on Panthers, and I'll answer more of your questions here on another edition of the weekly Friday mailbag show here on Locked on Panthers. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey boxing and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for mock draft Monday on the locked on NFL draft podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, back here on Locked On Panthers. Let's get to more of your questions here on another edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on the show. And we got Andy next, who has a question um, about Shaq Thompson. 
He says, hey, Julian, read somewhere that cutting Shaq Thompson would get us $13 million back in cap space, and the authors were suggesting the Panthers might do this. That seems crazy to me, but do you think it's possible, or or alternatively, do you think Shaq is due for a restructuring instead? Uh, going back to last season, I believe it was McCaffrey, Shaq Thompson, and then Matt Paradis, who all had their contracts restructured for the Carolina Panthers as they were going through free agency and heading into the season. And I would imagine that Shaq Thompson absolutely would be a candidate again. Let's see, as I'm going to go search his name and find it on so Spotrack, what's his contract and what the deal is. He's saying $13 million. All right, so if the Panthers here in 2022 decided to cut Shaq Thompson, it would pre-June release, so it would be $12.5 million. And they would say, or oh, I guess, no, that no, that's what is this guy talking about? No, that's not true at all. Okay, so according to Spotrack, uh, the dead cap would be 12 and a half, which is, that's going against your salary cap for a player who's not on the team, and they would save 5.6. They Even if they were able to trade Shaq Thompson pre-June 1st, it's the same thing. They would have to release him after June 1st, and that would be an $11.8 million cap saving, while they'd be owed, they'd have dead cap for 6.2 next year and this upcoming season. I don't really see a benefit. Surely it's possible. I don't see a benefit to getting rid of Shaq Thompson and cutting him when you're not going to save a ton of money, at least if you do it pre-June 1st and even post, you're going to have that. It's going to be $6 million still that you're going to have in your dead cap, and they need a starting linebacker, and he's one of the young leaders on this team, even though he's been in the league for a while. He's still in the middle his mid-20s. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me to do that. So I don't think that's something the Carolina Panthers will actually do, Andy. But um, I don't know where you what you read that thirteen million from, but uh, I don't think that's a good idea for the Carolina Panthers. All right, so let's move on to uh, Chris here, who says, "Hey Julian, hope you're having a great day. I am loaded question man, but I don't want to see Darnold under center next year. You're not the only one who feels that way, Chris. Uh, what's your opinion on bringing back Cam Newton? Maybe getting Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, who has ties to Cam's seven on seven, um, run a double quarterback system like the Saints did, and target O line heavy in the off season and draft." then spread the ball around more at the running back position, lower CMC's workload. Okay, so the final point, yes, they need to uh, spread it around when it comes to the touches that Chris McCaffrey gets. I've been on, I don't really care, run him into the ground, like you're paying him a ton of money. That money hasn't even started until this season upcoming, and he's had injuries the last two years. They're not all related. I think it's just bad luck. I don't think a lot of it's just wear and tear. I think it's just, hey, the nature of playing football and the nature of the position. You look at Alvin Kamara, you look at Dalvin Cook, you look at Zeke Elliott. Every running back that gets paid a ton of money is always injured, it feels like. And that's been the case and why I say that running backs in the NFL should be making federal minimum wage, 7.25 or what, $7.25, whatever. That's what I think they should be making. It seems like a pretty wholesome living, in my opinion. It's not really worth paying running backs the kind of money that you pay them, especially when they get injured a lot. But I still believe in Christian McCaffrey, and I'm hoping that he can be healthy next year, and I'm not interested in trading him. Like, what's at least see the first year of that deal uh, through? I also don't think teams are looking to bring on a high price running back like McCaffrey who's been injured or injured, excuse me, the last two seasons. So, yeah, if we, we can spread it around with Chuba Hubbard, which is why he's brought here, and with if they're able to bring back Camille Abdullah, that'd be great. As far as bringing back Cam, it's not likely if they bring him back, he's not coming back here to compete as a starting quarterback. So we just got to move on there. I know what I said before about Cam Newton will never come back. And he came back and it was a fun 10 days. But after that, it was pretty miserable, right? And did it offer really any inspiration that Cam Newton can come back and be great for the Carolina Panthers again? Like those days are over. 
I love Cam. Love what he did here. But he's not going to be the Cam Newton that we saw in 2015 or really even 2017 or beginning of 2018 before his shoulder fell apart. That's just not the player he is anymore, and it's just time for us to move on. Now, the Panthers need to at least bring a quarterback here to town that the fans can put their hopes in, and that's part of the frustration I have. You get rid of Cam. Whatever. Fine. If Matt Rule doesn't think that's his guy and he's intimidated by him, while that's silly – it's in his right. He's the head coach. He has personal decisions, and David Tepper took over, inherited Cam. Okay, fine. Find a quarterback, though. But don't put the hopes of the franchise and on Teddy Bridgewater's two-gloved shoulders or on Sam Darnold. Like, don't do that. Go find a quarterback who people can actually rely on. So I'm not getting these questions about bring back Cam Newton and let's run a similar system that the Saints ran with Drew Brees and Taysom Hill. No. Don't do that. I don't want them to draft Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, even though that would at least give – the fans an opportunity to put their hopes into a quarterback if they believe in that quarterback, which is kind of what I just said they should kind of try to do. No, not really. No, Cam Newton, probably not coming back. If he does, not to be the starter. Did you not have enough of the two-quarterback system last year when he's playing Cam and he takes him out and he's got Sam in and there's a big play with Sam and he bring in Cam and all the momentum and all that kind of nonsense? Do we really want to have a gimmick offense here in Carolina? At least it'd give them an identity. A dumb one, but they'd have an identity, which they don't have currently. So, no, I'm not really a fan of doing that. Uh, but I appreciate the question, though, Chris. All right, let's move on to um, Mr. C11. At least that's the name on Twitter. I can sometimes figure out what y'all's real names are. But this instance, I really couldn't. But either way, I uh, appreciate the question here. But we got Mr. C11 saying, hey, man, love your show. I listen every morning. Thank you. Just listen to today's show, and you gave three options at quarterback. Those three options, by the way, were they are either able to get one of those guys like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or Deshaun Watson via trade, which would be costly, or you bring in competition for Sam Darnold, either Carson Wentz after he's a free agent, or Mitch Trubisky. You don't pay those guys any money. You don't give up any assets for a mid-tier guy. And the third option would be still got Sam Darnold here and then at six or wherever in the first round, if you want to trade back, you draft the quarterback, either Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett. That kind of feels like the three options the Panthers have this upcoming offseason. Which option do you like the most? Obviously, the one that gets you the top tier quarterback. That's probably not realistic. The other two, bringing in a mid tier quarterback like Trubisky or Wentz as free agents to compete with Darnold, that makes sense because you've got to at least bring in somebody. They're not going to be the long term answer either. They might be better than Darnold. Well, they certainly are, in my opinion. And then at least the third one, you got Darnold on the roster. It's kind of hard to get rid of him. Then you bring in a rookie and you place the organization and the franchise's hopes in, to them. And we'll see whether that works out long term or not. So that's the the, um, the three options I gave the other day. But continuing on with his question, he said, why is this not an option? Build a line through the draft this year, which, yes, obviously. Run it back with Darnold and more than likely get a top 10, probably five pick in what appears to be a way more deeper quarterback class. It sucks, but at least it's a plan. Continuing to force quarterbacks into bad situations, just depleting this team of resources, and it's obviously not working. So option number one, the high price quarterback like Rodgers, Wilson, or Watson, that would be kind of what he's talking about, even though that would solve the quarterback position. Um, the only issue is you're giving up a ton of picks to do that. Don't doesn't make any sense. Like I've said to bring in Kirk cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo, because if those guys, especially Garoppolo, if they were good enough to win at a high level and win a super bowl, then his current team would not have gotten rid of him. And Kirk cousins was brought to Minnesota to do that. And he's well, not going to do that. So what's the point of bringing in either one of those guys here to Carolina, but you're basically asking me like, why don't the Panthers just tank? <laughs> with Sam Darnold thing is if he comes back and he starts and they do the option where they have competition but they have competition he's going to lose out to Wentz or to Trubisky um and, but if it's not that case they have a rookie quarterback 
he'll probably start day one, I think. Uh, week one, that would be Sam Darnold, and then eventually the rookie will be there. But none of these rookies, especially Willis, apparently has a higher ceiling, but is more of a project. And Pickett might be the one who has the the highest floor this season as the, of the rookie quarterbacks coming out. I don't think the Panthers, especially Matt Rule, is going to be able to win enough to keep his job if either of those situations start out. So, yeah, if you talk about tanking with Sam Darnold in hopes that you can land C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or whoever the top quarterbacks might be in 2023, you could do that. It just kind of stinks to sit here and have another bad season. But that's on Matt Rule and David Tepper and all the decisions that they've made, the poor ones that they've made the past two offseasons here in Carolina. All right, so we'll take another quick pause here on the show, and then we'll answer more of your mailbag questions here on this edition of Locked on Panthers, a Friday weekly mailbag. The month of February is almost over, and this is the time of the year where you have almost pretty much given up on all your New Year's resolutions, but not this year. We're going to stick to our resolution of eating right, and thanks to Bill Bar, it almost feels like we're not really having a resolution this year because we actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Built Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Matter of fact, every single Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better tasting and they're better for you. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. For listeners who served in or worked for the United States Marine Corps or have family or friends who might have, I wanted to notify you about an available resource. From 1953 to 1987, personnel assigned to Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune were potentially exposed to contaminated drinking water. The Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts from these potential exposures, and they are working to keep those Marines, their families, and civilian employees informed of updates and resources available to them. If you or someone you know may have been at Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering with the Camp Lejeune Historic Drinking Water Notification Database. You can learn more and register at www.marines.mil.clwater. That's www.marines.mil.clwater. All right, back here for our weekly Friday mailbag edition on Locked on Panthers. You see down there, if you're watching on YouTube, my Twitter handle, actually in council, either at me or DM me on Twitter, actually in council, if you want to participate in next week's mailbag, if you did not do so this week. So go ahead and get those questions into me starting now. Okay, let's go over to Ken now. Ken, he says, your dedication to the craft has been a needed reprieve from life's real problems. I know the position of the team is in a perilous position with a lame duck, overpowered coach and an impatient owner, but it seems that happy medium hasn't been discussed much by Panther fans. Why aren't we bringing up famous Jameis as a cheap bridge option? He's healing well and was injured early enough last season to miss minimal games. He's also the most talented of all the options. All right, I'll give you the 30 for 30 year, but... We haven't seen more than 15 touchdowns from any quarterbacks in year in from any quarterback in years where they prove it contract in your opinion. Uh, possibly. I was actually watching the Rich Eisen show. Uh, Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times uh, was on there. I kind of talked about how, why they're thinking about bringing back Blaine Gabbert, which is interesting. That might take off one of the teams on the board that's quarterback needy or off the board that's quarterback needy um, and limit the competition the Carolina Panthers have for one of those top tier quarterbacks. They look at the situation and this is how Stroud broke it down. Like Wilson probably not going to leave Seattle. Rogers probably not going to leave green Bay. We'll see how that all plays out. 
it sounds like the Glazer family is not going to sign off on Deshaun Watson, no matter how that situation plays out. So he's off the board for them. And then when they look at a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, apparently Tampa doesn't love Garoppolo because they thought they like to throw the ball down the field. They have good receivers. And if Garoppolo couldn't do that, and they're not really a run first team there in Tampa, like San Francisco was, then what's the point of bringing them there? They look at Gabbard as someone who's been in the system, knows it, um, has obviously been a first round quarterback before. And this is going to be the best team he's ever had around him. And Tampa thinks that that might be the best option that there was also the question that Rich Eisen asked Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay times about Jameis Winston and whether a return would make sense. And Byron Leftwich apparently would love to see that. Also the quarterback coach there in Tampa would love to see that. The only problem is seems like Bruce Arians is the only guy. And well, the one who probably matters the most who has kind of thought been there, done that it would be really weird to see Jameis Winston play for three different teams in the NFC South over the course of four seasons. I thought last year, New Orleans, had he stayed healthy, the saints probably would have been a playoff team. I kind of had high hopes in a way on the outside um, for Jameis in New Orleans under Sean Payton. That didn't work out after he had the injury and they fell apart. So maybe had he stayed healthy, they would have been fine. I think so. I just don't know um, whether that's where the Carolina Panthers should go. Cause it's another one of those first round reclamation projects. They just did that with Sam Darnold. If anything, they should try to do with Jameis last year, but they didn't really show too much interest. It sounds like same thing like Trubisky. There's no point in doing one of these reclamation projects. And I get it. I've talked about bringing Trubisky or Winston as competition. Like, hell, you might as well, but don't trade any. You don't have to trade any assets, but it's just like, I don't know. I, it's it's tough. Like, I just don't think that uh, that's that's what they should be doing. I, I'm not that I don't, it's not that I don't think they should be doing that. I just don't think that that's something that they're going to want to do more so than anything. He says, call me crazy, but it feels like we are only one solid season on solid off season from success, whether on purpose or by accident, the table set for us to see something worth watching this year. Yeah. I'm not quite sure if we're going to get that, man. I hope so for uh, my sake and for everyone who's a Panthers fan's sake that the Panthers do uh, give us something to watch that we actually want to watch. All right, moving on to Alex who uh, asked, uh, he says this, there's been a lot of Willis and Pickett talk to the Panthers. Are there any day two quarterbacks that you think would be worth giving a shot? That's assuming we see some bitter magic and trade back to get some day two picks, of course. Yeah, currently, as y'all know, they don't have a second or third round pick. If they're going to trade to get a day two or three pick. I don't think a quarterback needs to be that. Use PJ Walker as your developmental quarterback. And if that doesn't work out, they need to be finding someone who they think can be their starter. I think when Houston drafted Davis Mills, they thought to themselves, maybe this could work. Like we got to get somebody if Deshaun's going to leave. Let's go ahead and get a young quarterback who we could potentially develop. And they might have an opportunity down the road. I don't think the Carolina Panthers are in that situation. Like if they're going to draft a quarterback, they might as well just do one, get one in the first round. Unless it's going to be like Sam Howell or somebody like that who is came into the year as a first round kind of talent, probably still is. And stats kind of went down especially in the passing game because of the departures there in Chapel Hill. He's a local guy. I could understand doing that move. I just don't really think there's any day two guys that the Panthers, especially if it's just like a developmental quarterback that they should be interested in trying to bring in here to Carolina. All right. Got Eric next here on the show who says, I know the three options you listed for quarterback earlier, and you don't want a mid-level quarterback that would, that we would have to trade for. But what are your feelings on Tua Tungabailoa as a quarterback in general? I've always liked Tua. Loved him at Alabama. Uh, hadn't seen a quarterback like that under Nick Saban ever. He was just accurate as all get out. Deep ball was awesome. It doesn't really feel like the Dolphins have catered their offense towards them, towards him. And there's been a lot of nonsense that's gone on, apparently, according to Brian Flores, their 
recently fired coach who's uh, filed a lawsuit against the Dolphins, the Broncos, uh, the Giants, and the rest of the NFL on the hiring practices uh, for minority candidates. And what went on down there was Stephen Ross allegedly said he was going to pay him $100,000 to lose games so that they could tank to get Joe Burrow. Um, but I think two is fine. Uh, he's got to get an opportunity in Miami. I don't think that the Dolphins are ready to move off of him right now. He showed some improvement last year. I think that he played fairly well in the game where the Panthers went down to Miami and lost. I just don't think that's really going to be an option. If you're kind of asking, like, should the Panthers try and trade for two? I don't think the Dolphins are trying to move off of him. They need to try and develop him, and it would kind of be dumb for them to move off of two after, especially everything they've gone through to try and acquire quarterbacks, and that didn't work out. You got a young one. You kind of tanked for Tua, even though I guess they wanted to really actually tank for Joe Burrow. Flores said, nah, I ain't doing that. We're not going to get Joe Burrow. I'm not tanking. I love football too much. I have too much respect for the game to do that. And now it might cost Stephen Ross's team. So we'll see how that works out. All right, moving on to Tanner. who has a question about Tommy Trimble. He uh, says, uh, he asks, you don't think they give Tommy Trimble a shot at tight end spot next year? A lot of times he looks like he could be a good option if he just is more consistent. And we talked about it when they traded away Dan Arnold to Jacksonville for CJ Henderson and also got the fifth round pick, swapped the third and fifth, and they swapped, of course, um, Dan Arnold for CJ Henderson. That that's gonna probably allow Tommy Trimble to have more of an opportunity. And that was right after the Houston game where you saw JC Horn go down and you saw Tommy Trimble have a major impact, especially in the second half, where Sam Darnold was excellent in that game. I think possibly he could be a good option. I just don't think there's anything proven. It's not just his short time in Carolina. You go back to his career in Notre Dame, that's not what he was. He's never shown, at least collegiately in the NFL so far, that he is an everyday or every down kind of like pass catching tight end. He's not a Greg Olson type, at least right now. Could he develop into that? Certainly. Will he get an opportunity next year to do so? Yeah, probably. I think he's got way better of an opportunity to do that than Ian Thomas if they do, in fact, decide to bring Ian Thomas back here to Carolina. So we'll see how all that plays out here. Okay, let's move on. we got Ellen. First time I think she's actually... Ask a question. Um, hey, JC, Ellen Hero, absolutely love your podcast. I was just wondering who your favorite Panthers player of all time was. And if you could create your fantasy Panthers team for offensive and defensive, for offensive defense from the past and previous players, what would that team look like? Um, so I guess my favorite of all time, I mean, the only jersey I've ever had when it comes to the Panthers, the only player I've ever had a jersey for was Steve Smith. So yeah, Steve Smith, Ice Up Son, that's got to be my favorite Panther of all time. Love Greg Olson. I'm actually wearing his uh, right here, his hardest yard, have a heart, um, have a heart t-shirt. Went to Fit Fest, so go support Greg. I got like the beanie here somewhere in the house. So I love Greg Olson. I uh, love Luke Keekley, but yeah, probably Steve Smith just because I was like a kid and Steve was was the man. So that would be, and then Cam. But Steve Smith's probably my favorite all-time Carolina Panther. And then fantasy team-wise, quarterback, the only franchise quarterback we've ever had was Cam Newton. Yes, Jake had his, his ups and downs. He was good. Clutch in the playoffs. Come on. Cam is the only quarterback that anyone should choose. Running back. I would say McCaffrey because he's still really good. Um, even though, like, yeah, Jonathan Stewart, D'Angelo Williams, the years that they had. Even Steven Davis back that year went to the Super Bowl. But I'd probably still say CMC, CMC, like only player. There's only two other guys, Roger Craig and Marshall Fox, that have ever had a 1,000-1,000 season in the NFL other than him. So McCaffrey. Uh, tight end, obviously Greg Olson. Uh, do you want me to do the offensive line? Because left tackle, Jordan Gross will do um, Ryan Khalil at center. Like I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna do the offensive line because I guess you don't have that in fantasy football. Um, and then what? You, I guess if you're gonna do defense, you got to do what year defense? And I would definitely take the defense 
from 03. Give me that defense. Give me a Mike Minner and give me Peppers and give me um, Chris Rucker. Give me all those guys from Brinson Buckner. Give me that defense. Dan Morgan at 20 tackles on Super Bowl. Like I would take that defense. I'm doing my fantasy team there for the Carolina Panthers. It's not going to go through up and down, but like, uh, yeah. So appreciate that question there. Ellen, appreciate you listening. Apparently she's a uh, student at South Carolina. So I guess uh, go Cox. Not really though. Not a, not a Gamecock fan, but uh, either way, appreciate the question. Last question here on the show this week. Got James he says, good morning, Julian. What's good morning to you. Um, he says, I hope all is well. I may be in the minority of this because so many fans love the status quo. <laughs> Do they? Well, I'll say this. That's interesting because I remember a couple of years ago when the Panthers had turned things around after an 0-2 start with Kyle Allen starting quarterback, and they were winning in spite of him because he kept fumbling, turning the ball over. But that Chris McCaffrey was awesome. That defense was getting sack after sack after sack, and they were four and two after the London game where they embarrassed Jam- Jameis and the Buccaneers. And there was talks about like should they make a trade? And I remember Panther fans being like, "Oh no, let's not give them draft picks because we got to draft a future Mississippi State linebacker in the fourth round." Like, I mean, come on, like are you trying to win or not? So that's kind of, yeah, I can understand your status quo position. Yeah, there have been times where Panther fans will be like, ah, I don't know. Like people love draft picks until those draft picks become players that disappoint. We've had a lot of them here in Carolina. I don't think that will be the case. Well, hopefully it won't be the case. It'll be less of that now with Scott Pitter as a GM, but we'll see. Um, more of his question, though. He says, in my opinion, NFL needs to align the divisions and conferences. I have my take on this. How would I, how I would rely, realign them? If you would at all, what, what would you do? Thanks for answering. Keep pounding. Okay. How would I realign the divisions? Well, looking at the, let me pull up my ESPN app so I can figure out, remember all the divisions. Um, well, the NFC South, I'm not going to change it. All the teams are in the South, Tampa, New Orleans, Atlanta, Carolina, uh, the NFC West, Rams, Cardinals, uh, 49ers, Seahawks, all in the West makes a lot of sense. The North, historically, you can't move any of those teams around. Uh, same thing with the NFC East. So I don't move the NFC East at all. Uh, AFC West probably don't move them. I'm the North. You don't want to move. You can't move. The, you can't move Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Baltimore at all. If anything, I would make a change. Looking at the AFC East and the AFC South. So the Dolphins are in the AFC East, and they are located obviously in Miami, which is as south as it gets here in America. While Buffalo is in Western New York right next to Canada, New England, obviously Boston, New England, and New York is in New York, the Jets. They don't geographically make it. Yes, they're on the East Coast, so it makes sense there geographically, but they kind of belong more in the South. If anything, I'd say like, all right, have Miami in the South with the Jaguars, with the Texans, and with the Titans, and then move the Colts, who are located in Indiana, obviously, more, which is more – it's not really east. Like, do do we consider Indianapolis? It's the Eastern Time Zone. Do we consider it Midwest? I don't know. I think we would consider Ohio Midwest in a way. Maybe I would say if I'm going to make any change, it'd be that. But there's just so much history that's tied up with the rivalries that these teams have. Where I don't really think you can really move a lot of them. So I understand your question, but I don't think I'd really move it. And if there's going to be any sort of change, just geographically, that'd be the one to make the most sense. Uh, the only change I want to really make when it comes to the NFL is. Can we please stop putting Cowboys games on TV? You see the Tra- Troy Aikman news. Apparently, he's leaving Fox to go to ESPN to be on part of Monday Night Football. Him and Joe Buck on Fox basically became the de facto Cowboys television network. Glad those days are over. Can we stop putting Dallas on TV? I'm 28, almost about to be 29 in a couple weeks here. 
They've never been good in my entire life, at least when I can remember it. Get them off my TV, please. Pittsburgh, fine, because they actually win, and they still win, and Tomlin's never had a losing season. But Dallas? It's not going to happen, Cowboys fans. So, yeah, how about that? Okay, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Again, I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Make sure, again, to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also, check us out on Spotify. And now we're on YouTube. First week on YouTube. Had about 150 subscribers so far. Let's get that number up. Let's help people find the show because we got free agency coming up. we got the draft coming up. And eventually, and not too long, it will go by quick. The season will be here. And you want the rest of Panthers Nation to be here watching the show and supporting the show, whether they watch it here or listen to it on Apple or Spotify or wherever. So please, thank you so much for everyone who subscribed so far, whether it's been a podcast or whether it's been here and who's interacted. I appreciate that. So continue to do so and continue to follow me on Twitter if you do already. If you don't, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council right there on the screen if you're watching on YouTube, where that's how you can participate here on the Friday Weekly Mailbag. So either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. Don't get crazy. Whatever questions you have as they pertain to your Carolina Panthers. In the meantime, stay safe, be careful, enjoy your weekend. I will talk to y'all on Monday as it's going to be Combine Week. Yeah, the draft, baby in Indianapolis. Until then, take care. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.